Welcome to the A-Game Podcast with Nick LaMagna, digging into the minds and experiences of some of today's brightest entrepreneurs in real estate and business, along with Hollywood stars, UFC fighters, and your favorite rock bands, people that have figured out how to overcome obstacles, take chances, live boldly, and no matter what they do, they always bring their A-Game. My guest today on the A-Game Podcast is my buddy, Corey Kendig. You can find him on Facebook, C-O-R-E-Y-K-E-N-D-I-G. He is also on Instagram at C-Diggit, C-D-I-G-G-I-T. He is an absolute hysterical profile to follow. He uh, works hard. He plays hard. He's got a very uh, profound real estate portfolio. He's got properties he owns free and clear. He's doing a lot of stuff out in the Pennsylvania area. Me, he and I have spent some time together. He's a great real estate investor. He's a natural entrepreneur. He's done an amazing amount for his age. He's created an immense amount of net worth, and he's just a go-getter, and I love that he really has a ton of fun. So if you guys start to follow him, you'll see that he's always building his dream house or driving some crazy tractors around, or he's got some girls on a yacht, or he's bringing four girls to some high school reunion. He's always just got something going on. He's just funny. He really lives life. He's really a great guy to hang around. He's got an amazing energy. And again, you work hard, you play hard. So I just love being around people that are good energy, positive energy, a lot of fun. This is an older podcast I did that I didn't get around to releasing. So I apologize if it's a little choppy. I was I was new and he was doing me a favor by letting me interview him a little bit and, and get some traction on my tires. So I hope to do an updated one with him soon and touch base and get him out of here, maybe live because he's a great guy to hang out with, a great guy to talk business with. And more importantly, he really knows how to party. So Corey Kendig, Thank you for your time. Hopefully, you guys get a lot out of this, and definitely follow him on social media because he's an absolute blast to follow. Corey Kendig, take it away. What's going on, man? How are you? Excellent. Waking up in Houston, Texas, getting ready to go to Brazil today. Nice, man. Nice. Dude, so um, so you and I met, uh, I guess, maybe August at uh, one of Tim Bratt's events and uh, just kind of hit it off. And I've been uh, following you on social media and stuff and seen you popping up in different articles. And, uh, you know, part of what I've been doing is, um, you know, I, I travel a lot. So I always have, the, which you're probably the same way, like, it's always like... Uh, you have an old friend or somebody like that that you're like, you know what, like, I'm going to shoot him a text message, but I'll call them next week. And then like three months go by and you just don't. So one of my buddies was um, is, is in a band and I, I heard him doing a podcast and he was like, you know, like I'm, I'm older now. I'm on tour all the time. He's like, so doing a podcast, it allows me to just keep in touch with like all these guys that I used to tour with that now like we always miss each other. Or they have family. So it's like at the very least, if nobody else ever even hears it, it just keeps me you know, touching base with people in my life that are just fun to talk to. And I was like, I like the principle of that. So that's awesome, that's what I've been trying man. to do, man. You know, I've done some podcasts before and I have buddies that have, you know, huge ones, but I've never heard it worded like that. And that's, that's actually a really cool principle. Well, I, f- I feel like everybody has that weird insecurity of like, well, who the hell is going to want to listen to me talk anyway? And like, what, you know, how am I going to fill the time? So you always have like the excuse, like anything in life of, overthinking and putting it off but when I, I heard it as simplistic of that is like you know what if nobody else even because like the the guy that was doing it he was talking about how the drummer from pantera died and he yeah. was like well I, I got to talk to him he's like because you know i did a podcast with him like a couple weeks before he's like so you never it just takes that away that like if it never goes anywhere and like what i started finding was um you know initially i was like you know what i want to do a real estate podcast and i was like you know what like 
I talk to real estate people all day, so I don't want to limit to that. I just want to talk to anybody who does anything different. It just lives life different. It just kind of goes after it. So like I, I named it the, a, the A-game podcast for just anybody who brings their A-game to anything. So I've had uh, like a guy from The Walking Dead. I've had UFC fighters. I've had real estate guys. I've had like mindset guys. So just kind of anybody who does anything. And I found that I'm learning stuff and it kind of motivates me and I take away a lot of stuff. So it's just been, it's been really helpful. And, and I just think of it like that. Like, you know what, even if it never goes anywhere, like I get to talk to cool people, have cool conversations and learn some stuff that'll help me either way. So I figure, you know, what do you got to lose, right? Hell yeah, man. Yeah, I like that outlook. You're making me want to start a podcast, Nick. You should. You should do it. You got nothing to lose, you know? We're starting a Team Hammerdick <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's what uh, you can start to promote it all over Brazil. It'll go far. Absolutely. Dude, so uh, I know you got a bunch of different stuff going on. I know you have like a like credit card business. You got a real estate business. You, you're doing some developer stuff. So... Um, I didn't really go too into detail with, with what you were doing on your business side of stuff. We just kind of hung out. So I thought it would be cool to just pick your brain a little bit about it now. I know you just wholesaled some, uh, some commercial stuff, but it seems like you have your hands in a, in a bunch of different stuff. And, uh, I know what was it snowboarding or some other stuff? I know there was a couple of oh, dirt biking, right? Mot- motorcycles and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up, you know, doing a lot of extreme sports, grew up racing motocross. That's actually kind of how I got into real estate investing and um yeah so I, i've always had that like need for adrenaline uh, you know as a freestyle snowboard coach for 10 years of my life like worked my way up was the youngest certified uh level two freestyle snowboard coach but realized i wasn't making shit for money <laughs> and i you know i just i did all these sorts of jobs like that was one thing growing up you know i i came from uh super super humble parents like they're they gave me an incredible work ethic one thing they didn't give me is like great financial knowledge so love my parents to death uh they did the best they could but you know they were just workhorses um but they were very very lower middle class workhorses so what i was blessed with is at a young age i did a bunch of different jobs and just got myself into situations where i was just too dumb to fail like being a freestyle snowboard coach. I was a whitewater raft guide for a summer on the Black River in New York. Just did all these things at a young age to figure out what I want to do, what I don't want to do, what I enjoy. And it ultimately came down to like, man, I love doing all this stuff, but no one's making any money. Like all these dudes <laughs> broke. You know, so learning that in my late teens, I think was super key. And then um, the motocross thing, man, what kind of happened was, this guy put on Craigslist, hey, I just built this motocross track. And this is in my hometown. I live in a little little town at Erie, Pennsylvania. It's kind of where I'm based. Guy puts this ad up. We show up to his house. He's probably like mid-20s, maybe 26 at the time, 27, about, about the age I am now. And I'm like, dude, what do you do for a living? Because at this point in my life, I'm totally convinced that the only way you can have money at a young age is you're either born in it or you're a drug dealer. Like those are my <laughs> limiting beliefs, right? Like there's no other option. Like, dude, I see my parents work. Like you got to, you got to either be born into it or you're a drug dealer. So I automatically pegged this dude as a drug dealer. And he's like, well, he was kind of socially awkward and he's actually become one of my very good friends now. So I can say this about him. He, um, little different. And I was like, yeah, you know, what do you do, man? He's like, oh, real estate. Okay. Like, yeah, what, like, what does that mean? I'm like, yeah, you're definitely a cocaine dealer. Long story short, I just kind of followed this dude around a little bit. And it, all that did was verify it for me. I was like, wow, like 
this guy doesn't have a silver spoon. His parents aren't overly rich and he's built this for himself. You know, he had a half million dollar crib, big dirt bike track. It seems like he's just got all this freedom. Dude just plays on dirt bikes all day. I'm like, I want that in my twenties. <laughs> so that's kind of what validated for me. And then, uh, you know, then I just dove in, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. Was, um, so he was helpful for, for, for teaching stuff. Cause I know sometimes, you know, you come across people that really don't have the time to teach or help. So that's really awesome that he was actually willing to take you under his wing and give you some guidance and stuff. I, I like that. Absolutely. And I, and I, you know, these are all things that I, I have said to his face many times, but he, he, what he did, he didn't actually teach me shit. He's one of my <laughs> best friends now. And uh, we, we do, we do some travel together and um, just really just fun stuff in life. But um, he's a shit teacher, but what he is, is he's a, he's a, he's a person that validated, um, he, he validated that you can have freedom via real estate at a young age, if that makes sense. And yeah, for sure. He, um, it did, I didn't even take him teaching me anything. It was just seeing that. I was like, dude, if this dude did it, there's no reason I can't do it. Dude, that's sometimes that's all it takes. You know, that's, uh, dude, it is. It really is. That, that was kind of what happened with me too, is I was taking a lot of these different courses and I was going to all these classes, but I was, you know, just, oh, I got to learn more. I got to learn more. I got to learn more. And, and I wasn't really doing as much mm-hmm. as I was studying. So then uh, I remember like I was at this, uh, there was this, this event I was at and they were giving people like, hey, if you put out your first offer, come up and get a ribbon. And if you've done your second offer, come up and get a ribbon. And then they started, if you made $25,000, come up. If you made 50000 come up. And I was talking to this dude. I remember his name was Chuck. And he, he literally just looked like he was the, the bouncer there. He's just this big, like, muscular, bald-headed dude with, like, a yeah. wallet chain and jean shorts. And, and I was talking to him. And we were just shooting stuff back and forth. It was, like, a very even conversation. It didn't feel like he was some high-level, crazy, genius guy. And then he was like, oh, hold on a second. I got to jump up on stage. And they gave him an award for making $2 million that year. And I remember that was the time that I was like, what? I was like, if that guy can make $2 million, I can make $2 million. And then all the other people I was talking to in a room, I was like, you're a millionaire. You're a millionaire. You're a millionaire. I was like, you guys are just normal people. Like, I know more than you. You guys are just doing more than me because I'm getting in my own way. And that, that's what really clicked for me was like, it's just, you know, everybody overthinks things. If you just go out and just start doing it, like you'll figure it out, you'll make it happen, you know? And that's, that's really where I started actually making money instead of just reading books and shit, you know? That is it, baby. That is it. I, I always say this, um, you know, I've met, met a lot of guys that are way too smart to become millionaires in real estate. I've yet to meet someone <laughs> that's too dumb. I love that. I, for, I, I was wondering if that was you that quoted that, but that's, that's really true. I remember dude, you were so when we read the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You were quoting yeah. that. I was like, "That's awesome, dude!" And I am, uh, I, I'm a product of that thinking. I mean, I, you know, was never, um, man. I think I, I, I was a good. I was like an A student, but I <laughs> got through college because I, uh, I just made it a point to like surround myself with the, the, the nerdy girl that, uh, you know, had it all dialed in. You know, they called that cheating in college, and that's networking in the business world. But <laughs> I. I don't know, man. I just, I've met so many people that are too smart to become multimillionaires. It's, see it all the time. You know, massive action, massive action, Trump, massive education any day of the week. Agreed. I think 100%. a mixture of both is great, but man, if I had to take one, it's just action to action. 
What's the um? So, what were your first deals looking like, and what have you scaled up to over the the course of your investing career? Because you're, I mean, you're you're real young still, man. You're still a baby in the game. It's so crazy how much stuff you've already accomplished. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, thanks, dude. Thanks. And um, and I get that a lot, and it's funny. Like, it's just all relative. Because right, I, like I'm a sicko. I look back and I'm pissed at myself for not starting this when I was twelve. You know, <laughs> I, you know, if I had a, if I had a time machine, I'd be back there. But um. Dude, the first deal was super interesting. Um, I, I wasn't, I had no business structure, right? Just kind of looking at deals off Craigslist and things like that. Just trying to get familiar. And um, I would take people that I knew were landlords with me to look at these properties. And nine times out of 10, they're like, dude, that's a shithole. Don't waste my time. <laughs> and probably like the hundredth one. I'm 21 years old, right? So I probably looked at a hundred of these and my father worked at a uh, hardware store and just kind of like back in story. My dad is the reason I work so fucking hard. Like I want to, my, my whole goal with this is retiring him and we'll, we'll get into that. But he, he's like, Hey, this guy came into the hardware store today and was like, wanting to sell his rental. I'm like, okay. Like there's no way this could be anything serious, but yeah, I'll go look at it. I look at it and the guy seems motivated. I don't even know what a motivated seller is at this point. He has this two unit in a decent part of town and the price just seemed like super fair to me. I'm like, dude, I mean, these are, you know, they usually go for like 50, 60 as part of town. And he was just asking, I think like 20, $21,000. And I'm kind of kicking around. And then I, uh, I brought a buddy of mine with me who had a couple rentals. I'm like, Hey man, can you check this out? So we drive over there. Like, I don't even think my car was like broke down. I had a Grand Prix or something at that time. And I like drive my mom's Subaru over there with my buddy. Remember like blowing a stop sign, showing up and almost crashing the thing. And we get <laughs> in front of the house. We go in. There's a downstairs tenant. He was Spanish and he um, couldn't understand English very well. And I communicated to him, hey, you know, we're just looking at the property. Bob sent us here, the previous owner. So we get downstairs in the basement, checking it out. My buddy's like, yeah, looking at it. And this guy storms the doorway to the top of the stairs, has a butcher knife in his hand. It's like screaming at us in Spanish. I look at my buddy like, yo, does this like typically happen in real estate? (laughs) And we like end up calming this Spanish man down and like end up getting out of there unscathed. Here he was just like, he was, I think, freaked out thinking we didn't have permission to be in the house. I don't think the landlord communicated it to him well. I'm like, hey, what should I do? He's like, dude, you know, I think you should do it. Like, you're, you're not going to go wrong. I'm like, okay. And that's all he had to say. He's like, I'm like, I just want to do a deal so bad at this point. So I'm like, shit. Okay, I'm 21. I'm broke. Uh, how do I come up? I think I negotiated this guy down to 20K, right? And he was already asking 21. So it was a good deal. Like, how do I get this money? So I think like I might have had a couple thousand dollars to my name. I, I was so broke, I couldn't afford my college parking pass at this point. And I realized that I could just ask people for money. I was like, dude, I can just ask people for money. Like, hey, I'm going to do this deal. I knew nothing about raising private money at this point, And I just went out and hammered people that I knew, Hey, I'm going to do this. I will die before I like, make sure you don't get paid back. 
Like that's not an option for me. I know this property brings in this much income. This is how I can pay you a good return. And that's how it started, man. Raised this money, ended up closing. It was a cash transaction. So um, keep in mind the week before the closing, I broke my femur in a really bad um, snowboard training accident. So don't ever break your femur. It sucks. So they like just put this rod down my leg. I'm on crutches, driving, probably not supposed to be driving. And I go to the bank and I pull out $20,000 in cash because it's a cash closing. So here's this 21-year-old. I'm hobbling in on crutches, broke ass femur with just a, I think like a briefcase or a duffel bag full of $20,000 in various bill sizes. <laughs> To this attorney that my like family somehow recommended, he's not a not a real like he's just a family attorney. I'll put it that way. And he he's like, "What the hell are you doing?" <laughs> like I I don't know. I'm buying this house. He's like, "Dude, you can't just bring cash to the closing." He's like, "It's a figure of speech." Like this is how ignorant I was. I knew nothing <laughs> about real estate, man. That's why I laugh when people are like, "Oh, I don't have money. Oh, I don't know this." I'm like, "Dude, you can't do it worse than I did." Like. <laughs> You don't need to know any of that stuff. So I go back to the bank, put the money back in the bank, get what they call a cashier's check, and um, I closed on this thing. I'm scared because I'm like, man, there's no way this works. Like I grew up, we always had a house. We never rented. Um, We never had more than enough, but always had enough. So there's really no need to rent. And I didn't believe that people paid rent. Like to me, it just didn't make (laughs) sense. Like I live in an area where... Financially, it probably makes more sense to own. I didn't believe this worked. And then fast forward a year. At the end of the year, I'm like, wow, I made money. And um, you know, I got some equity in this place. Like, wow, what if I got addicted to doing this at, at this age? Because all my buddies are getting addicted to you know drugs and partying and this and that. Man, if I just got addicted to creating this thing that I now call cash flow, what would my life look like? That's pretty amazing, man. Yeah, that's the start. Start of the... Uh, dude, your life just gets so much more exciting when you have financial freedom, right? I mean, you know. Yeah, I agree. I, I never thought it, it wasn't in the cards for me to, you know, be able to just like leave my business. It's still making money. Fly down to Houston to see my buddy. Go to Brazil for three weeks while I'm building the I'm building my dream house right now. Um, and man, real estate has made all that possible. I, I'm confident I would have had some freedom no matter what I went in because I just believe that some people want it bad enough they're going to do whatever it takes. Man, 100% it, um, real estate is its kind of like the final frontier where the average man has a legitimate shot at real wealth and real freedom. So it's its exciting. And just like, I mean, you know, you know, it, you get around real estate guys, you can just talk about because you're, you're so excited about what it's done for your life and, and what it can do. I mean, this is just, just get started, you know? That's awesome, man. I love it that far as it up. But I do think that, like you said, that's, that's a big piece of, of the type of person I like to talk to is I, I've used the example before, like if, if some, which some of them are, but um, you know, hypothetically, if, if any of my buddies that wind up fighting UFC decided that they wanted to get into real estate, right, they crush it in real estate. Yeah. And if any of my real estate guys wanted to get into jujitsu, they get their black belts. And if any of those black belts wanted to be a writer, like they feel like, cause it's, it's how you do anything is how you do everything. So I feel like, just like you said, it, it, it happened to be real estate. Thank God that was what fit and you found it early. 
mm-hmm. but whatever it was, like you're just the type of person that you bring your A game to whatever you do, and you were gonna find a way out because that's just who you are at the core of you, and that's the type of person that I like to associate with. Is doesn't matter what it is, it's just how do you do it? Whether it's freaking, you know, this is something I like that Tim Bratt said. Uh, I, I heard him say many times because I relate to it because I've almost had to do it to the point of. Like you said, you borrow the money and you were like, hey, whatever it is, whatever it takes, like I'll find a way to pay you back if this goes south. And Tim mm-hmm. said the same thing. Like, are you the type of person when the ships are down, you're telling your investors, like, I'll pick up a freaking third shift at McDonald's if that's what it takes. And I've had to haul ass to pay back investors on some deals that some partners left me high and dry on because I was like, you know what? It's, it's, it's your name. It's the long ball. It's your reputation. And, you know, when things are down, I know I'm actually going to rise to the occasion and when everybody else is going to tap out. And that's just what you're always going to do, you know? So I love that and I respect that for sure, man. That's it, man. If you're not first, you're last, baby. Yeah, That's cool. That's cool, man. And I like it, you know, because at the end of the day, there's a weird thing because like lack of money is super stressful. But once you start to get ahead on your bills and get that breathing room and really start to think about, well, what is it that I really want? Money is not really the driving factor. I feel like it's just allows you to get the space to figure out who you really want to be. And then you just get to accentuate that. You know what I mean? So if you're a good guy, if you're an adventurous guy, whatever it is, you're just getting to be more of who you are because you don't have those same restraints or those same financial handcuffs. And that's where I think it's really cool is like just watching people. It's almost like the, like the purest version of like watching somebody with too many drinks in them all the time. It's like, this is who they really are. Dude, that's when nothing else matters, you know? It. That is a great way to put it. That is awesome. And it's so accurate because man, what, you know, what is really when you have a lot of money or a lot of cash flow, what does it do? You know, it just gives you freedom. And you know, what I kind of learned is I look back and I wish my life would have been more documented from the age of 18. You know, I did all this super cool shit. Like, you know, I was competing freestyle snowboard uh, I was just doing all this super cool stuff that not a lot of guys my age were doing because they just made excuses for stuff. And I don't have any documentation of it. So I've kind of made that a focus in the last year. I'm like, like you said, you know, you have the freedom, you have the breathing room. I'm like, what do I want to do? I'm like, we always use this term, me and my buddies, like growing up, like hammer dicking. We'd be like, dude, yeah, <laughs> been hammer dicking all day. Like just getting shit done. And we we just totally use this term like nonchalantly and it got to the point where I I used to throw these pretty big parties like in college and uh you know just throughout the summer and it got to the point we go to these pro motocross races and people would be like yo we're going to party with those team hammer dick dudes and I was like you know I'm branding this man I was like I'm gonna brand this as a lifestyle company I want to create a a platform where uh you know what people can express themselves but also like the work hard, play hard mentality of America. And you know, that whether you're the, the white collar hustler or the blue collar, get shit done. I drive excavators 12 hours a day in pound bush light, like just the work hard, play hard American. It's kind of what I tailored it around. And um, so now I got a filmer and we're like, we're like documenting some stuff. I'm super excited to put it out because um, dude, I, you know, I, I tell people it's like, I just want to like live the best version of my life. And um, I, I hope that maybe I, I think what my underlying motivation for doing this and, and trying to like blow out this lifestyle uh, brand 
is that maybe, you know, like a 16, 18 year old kid who's just working his ass off. Like, I mean, just like, like I did sees it and realizes, Oh man, there might be a better way. Like, dude, I was a sicko. Like I remember being 14, 15, I had a 40 hour a week job, which is super illegal probably, um, at a plastics, um, not factory, but like a plastics manufacturing place down the road from my parents' house. And I mean, I don't have a driver's license. I used to ride my Kawasaki KLX 110. It was a dirt bike. I would ride it. I mean, this sounds like that shit like your grandparents say. Like, I rode, I walked two miles uphill both ways for school. But like, I literally rode this thing in the snow after school every day to get there. And I was making like five bucks an hour. I mean, this dude was making like hundreds of thousands of dollars a year off me, right? I was this like badass little employee, got to pay peanuts. But man, like, I hope that by documenting some of the cool stuff and some of the practical stuff. Like I got like flashy toys, flashy cars, got the Lamborghini, got all that. And I hope that at the end of the day, I drive that same shit if I was the last man on earth. Cause I just like it. Like I drive the thing in the snow. It's my snow car. But I hope by being like seeing that and instead of just it being a material item, I hope that is incentivizes and it shows some kid out there that's in that same position. Cause I could have sped like it shows him there's a better option, right? Because if I had instilled that same work ethic into uh, be parlayed into something much more effective, like real estate investing at a young age, which we both know real estate deals are simple. I mean, you could have done them as a teenager. Um, I just, I hope I make an impact, you know? Dude, you 100% will, you know? And then at the end of the day, you know, your, your role is to inspire people. You can't, like, like I just said earlier, you can't make them take action. And I think that that's that one thing, man. If you, can, if you can live your life the way you just want to do it, and along the way, you inspire one person to live a better life. And that inspires one person to go help some. You know what I mean? Like, I feel Dude, like that's, that's, it. that's doing what you can do. You know what I mean? And you don't have to, you know, you just you be a good role model and you just show people because that was – that was a huge thing to me, man. Like what you're doing there is you're, you're giving somebody hope and somebody just that push of like, there's a different way because a lot, most people don't know that, man. Like I, I never grew up around anybody that I knew that didn't live paycheck to paycheck. And I remember right. that was the first thing that I ever saw when I went to my very first real estate seminar and the people were talking about the type of money they made. I was like, oh, wait, like everybody doesn't live like that, like hating their week every week and living paycheck. <laughs> like, I just didn't even know that was a thing. I was like, yeah, movie stars, but like normal people don't. And I was like, holy yes. shit, like, yes, they do. And then it just became like, well, how do I do that? Because I see everybody else and they're not really happy with what they're doing. Like, so why would I want to live my whole life doing that? Like that, I know, I know what I don't want. I don't necessarily know what I do, but that a hundred percent I don't. So how do I get away from that? And sometimes that hope is just all somebody needs, man, whether it's to, get them to the next level or just to, to get them out of whatever kind of funk or depression or tough thing they're going through, man. So I think documenting that stuff is huge. I think you're going to be able to help and inspire a lot of people to get off their butts or maybe get out of their, their hole that they're in, man. I, and I think that's super important. You know, everybody's so like nowadays with the freaking real housewives of Orange County and all these stupid shows that they're watching, like the Kardashians, you know, it's good to see, like a normal positive dude just going out and just saying like, Hey, you can have fun. You can live your life. You don't have to be like a, like a, a, a dirt bag or a materialistic like piece of crap or anything like that. Like you can be a normal, good, hardworking person and just, you know, just take those steps and get it done and live a better life. And that's what it's all about, man. You know? 
Oh, that's, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. Like you said, you know, you can't, you can't motivate somebody to do something, but you can certainly inspire them. Cause I look back on my life and there's been people that I have met and some people I have not met and I've just met them via YouTube or wherever form it was. And they have inspired me to step my game up with my best life. And man, I want to, I want to give that back. And you know, the other thing too, is I thought for a while, there's a period of my life where I'm like, yeah, I really, I want to, I want to be like the Tony Robbins. I want to be, I want to be this high paid coach. And I've, I've coached people and I realized, man, that space, like in nothing against those guys. Like I, I know some very successful coaches and top level performers. I don't, I, I would rather leave my mark, at least at this point in my life, I'd rather leave my mark. Like I don't, I'm not, I don't have time to take people's money. It's like, I I'm making good money in my real estate business. I tell people, I'm like, you probably can't afford me. But what I do want to do is I just want to like give and I can give effectively while still having fun. And that's the key. It's like, it's not, it's not overly working me because it's just sharing fun stuff and, and practical things. And, um, I just, I think that space is a, I think that space is going to get cleaned house here in the next uh, market correction because you know yep. there's a lot of there's a lot of people that you know seem to teach as opposed to do and I I don't know I, I thought I wanted to do that for the longest time and I was just like dude I don't like I just want to do me and if someone vibes with that cool like I hope that I hope that impacts you however you do it one thing I think is cool about you and we can probably relate is that you know you're obviously a, an athlete and a fighter. So you have that, um, I don't know if it's need, but you have that, you're familiar with adrenaline. I mean, you've been in a lot of fight or flight situations. Yeah. And one unfair advantage I had was in 2016, I was in a snowmobile accident. We were ripping through a field and this pole, this steel pole was hanging across the field and I hit that. I had a helmet on. Um, funny enough, I was actually the only sober one in the group. Uh, you get a lot of, you know, these Pennsylvania Americans that just, you know, get blasted and they go out <laughs> on these snow machines, which is super unsafe. But yeah, man, doing everything right and um, just, you know, crushed this pole and it like blew my skull into my frontal lobe of my brain. And I just laid in that field and like accepted the fact I was going to die. Dude, this sucks. And I remember laying there and being like, man, I've like been in injuries before. This is different. Like, this is my skull. And this is my, you know, my motherboard this is not good. And I'm laying there. My buddies came up and they're telling me, they're like, dude, you know, what's, what's going on? And my buddy, Steve, uh, I remember he told me a story later on. He's like, dude, he's like, we came up. He's like, we saw a little bit of blood, but you know, I, we'd all been drinking. He's like, we thought you, you broke your nose or something. And he's like, you just looked at me and you're like, Stevie, where's my snowmobile? And he pointed and he's like, you got on your snowmobile and you, you had, you went back to the bar and grill we left from, which is like probably eighth of a mile away. And I remember when he told me that, I'm like, yeah, I remember doing that, man. I was like, I didn't want to die in a cold field. Like I had accepted the fact I'm going to die. I know this is bad. I can feel my skulls crushed in. It's not good, but I'm not going to die in this 20 degree field. And, um, dude, that was, that was a game changer because I got to, I got a chance to, to die without actually dying. 
And that motivates the hell out of you. Damn. And I feel like you've probably been in some, you know, even whether it's as serious or not, like fighting, you just get in situations. They give you different perspectives, right? It's all the perspective you take. Yeah. I, I, I 100% have been in situations like that with injuries and things like that, man. And uh, I agree. That's part of what I try and tell people is, you know, don't wait for because, uh, you know, uh, guys like you guys, like I me, mean, a lot of people that I know that are successful or just did things different. They did it reactively after a tragedy or a hardship or a scary situation like that. And I try and tell people, like, don't wait till you're like laying in, in the snow thinking you're going to die to get off your ass to do something like, but unfortunately most people aren't proactive. They, they get complacent. They sit in their spot until something pushes them out of it. So, you know, some of the things that at the time, like hurting my hand or some of these crazy things that happened that at the time seemed like they were the end of the world and the worst possible thing. And what was me wind up actually being the best things in your life and the best lessons, because it's just that catalyst or that motivator to really you know, wake you up and shake things up and say like, okay, like, you know, I, I got a second lease. I got a second chance. I'm not going to waste this one. That's it, man. That's it. It's cool stuff, man. So what are you thinking on the, um, cause you hit a point with like all the, the flip this house shows and stuff. Like I tell everybody, Hey, look when the market corrects, those shows are gone. These seminars are gone. Like there wasn't 15 HGTV flip this house shows when the market was down. Like all these are going to dissolve and go away. And you, mm-hmm. you I, I've, I've met a lot of different, I'm trying to do a lot of uh, research and just picking people's brains on where they see the market going and how they're adapting their strategies for it. You know, and you see one side of it, like a guy like Tim, that's just buying everything and refining out into non-recourse and pulling all the cash out. So he's like, I'm good. As long as I'm under 75%, the market's not going to correct because I can still cover my cash flow. And then you got guys like Lee that are like, I'm going to wholesale everything. And then you have people that were refinancing a lot out of their portfolios. And I remember a lot of people were kind of pegging you when you were talking about, um, you're like, you know, I got a five, $5 million real estate portfolio that I'm just going to hold free and clear. Like, I don't want to leverage it. I don't want to pull cash out of it. I don't want to refinance out of it. And some of the people were looking at you like you were crazy. So what's your, your business model, your thought process on that? And does that have anything to do with, you know, protecting against a market correction? Yeah, dude. Good question. Um, short answer is I have being at that, that event did change my perception a little bit. Um, and I already had some things in place. I built a really good relationship with a couple smaller banks. So one of my, one of my moves this year was I did, I did pull some equity out and, um, you know, I pulled it out a good, um, the best rates I've found across the country for the kind of portfolio I have, I pulled them out at like five and a quarter um, fixed with five year increase, but it can increase over 1.25. So, Hey, is it like the best of the best? Probably not, but um, it was the best for the portfolio um, shopping it around. I, you know, I, I have a lot of real estate that is owned free and clear. I do believe I'd rather hold them than flip them. Um, I like the cash flow, man. I like the cash flow. Nothing sets you free like that. I'd rather uh, know that there's, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50,000 bucks coming to my mailbox every single month, as opposed to knowing that I'm going to flip a house put my team to work and then I'm going to get taxed to the hilt on that thing. <laughs> it, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just my simplistic nature. 
but uh, that's my strategy. I, ha- I have pulled some, I have refied cash out, refied some properties, um, got a nice chunk of cash. I think now is the time. This would be my, my advice and the way I look at it. Now is absolutely the time. If you own a house, you should be pulling the equity out or selling that sucker. If you own a bunch of rental properties, if you have the desire to, to use the equity, I don't, now is the time, you know, only you can decide whether or not that's a good fit. Some people are more risk adverse. Some people are like, dude, I only need ten, twenty thousand $20,000 a month in passive income and I'm set for life. Like, I mean, I'm not, I want a hundred thousand dollars net per month, um, just in passive income. And you know, that'll, that'll kind of get me to the point financially where I think I, I look at everything. Like, how do you want your life to look like? And I look at, okay, how much money do I need to actually live my best life? And it's not about being happy. It's just money does allow you like it. Nothing else serves us in the way money does. So I'd recommend everyone get a lot of it, <laughs> but you got to figure out how much do you need? And like, for me, like I was just having a conversation with my buddy Matt last night. Like we're, he literally just walked in. We're about to head to Brazil. And we're like, dude, I'm like, the next step is private jet. So like private jet allows you the ultimate freedom. Like I can't think of anything that us humans can do that's more freeing than having private aviation. So I'm like, okay, like let's break this down. What do I have to make? Like I could have a bunch of cash in a bank or what do I have to make passively every month so that a private jet in my life becomes a reality. And, you know, I look at it and it's like, okay, if I'm making $100,000 passively a month, I feel like you could probably comfortably afford to charter a private jet or I, I haven't really done the numbers like looking into getting a used one. But um, I think at least you could charter one if you want to take your friends and family over to Bali for a week. And that <laughs> I, I kind of look at that stuff and then I reverse engineer like, okay, that's what I want my life to look like. I want those options. I want to be able to like grab my buddy from his dead end job that he fucking hates and be like, yo, dude, we're going, we're taking the jet to Bali for a week. You just got to get on. So that's sick, dude. I love yeah, some, I, some Grant Cardone type type stuff, right? Well, that's it, man. I mean, you look at you look at what uh, what he's doing. I mean, dude just bought himself a brand new bird. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I know you guys got to get going, but uh, dude, I'd love to touch base with you again when you get back from Brazil and hear some tales and uh, dig into your mind a little bit too, because you got a really great mindset and you have really good energy, and I like to hear some of the stuff that you do uh, to keep yourself positive and all that. But, um, in the meantime, before I let you go, uh, anything you want to, to give out like, uh, social media ways to get in contact with you, things that you're looking for, you know, just anything out there you want to plug or promote or, or kind of push. Yeah. You guys can follow me uh, on Instagram at C dig it. C D I G G I T Corey Kendig on Facebook. And then, um, what we're kind of rolling out now is, uh, you know, like I have two part, I put my life kind of in two buckets. There's like the work, my career, business, create piles of money and streams of money. And then there's the player, the play harder part of it. And the play harder part of it is uh, the lifestyle company, teamhammerdick.com. <laughs> and we got a Snapchat. You can check out Team Hammer Dick. We'll probably be getting some fun shots in Brazil. I'm going to be rolling out um, YouTube videos. Just just stuff that I think's fun, man. And uh, hey, if other people vibe with it, if you like seeing, um, if you like seeing what financial freedom through real estate can do for you at a young age, like that, 
just kind of what we got going on. I mean, I've done the boats, I've done the girls, the cars, all that shit. And it's like, dude, that at the end of the day, um, you can't buy happiness. You can buy pleasure for sure, but you can't buy happiness. So well said. what, um, yeah, what I'm looking to do, my plug would be, you know, if, uh, if you vibe with that and, uh, check out what we're doing, we're going to be rolling out a bunch of content. You'll be able to Google it. I'm sure and fine, but, uh, yeah, hit me up on those social medias and spread the word. That sounds perfect, man. I will do that. Will you, sir, bring your A-game to everything you do? I appreciate it. It was awesome meeting you, and uh, I look forward to talking to you when you get back, man. But have a blast. I'll be following you. And then, um, hey, boy, when you get back, and we could touch base on some of the other stuff I've been doing, too, that I wanted to update you on. Awesome, man. I'd love cool. to do that, Nick. I see you. Uh, yeah, I know you're, you're crushing some big multi-unit deals. Out there, man. Got the got that hotel under contract in Vegas for twenty two million. Got some development stuff going on. So ch- trying to move and shake. You know what I mean? Just uh, level up and do things different, man. But it's a uh, it's a fun journey. So I'm I'm excited to, like you said, I'm trying to document it a little bit and share it, and hopefully it uh does some inspiration and you know keeps me keeps me holds myself accountable is really a big thing that i'm seeing that's another reason i'm trying to do that stuff but dude uh, i know you got up early for this and i appreciate it i hope you have a safe flight i hope you have an awesome time man and um and hit me up when you get back and we'll touch base will do brother keep rocking Corey can dig ladies and gentlemen thanks man have a great trip later nick take it easy